Okay guys, so this is just kind of going to be an episode zero. I just want to talk about who I am, why I'm doing this. Just kind of give you a general feel for what's going to be going on. So, about me, uh, my name's Brian. I enjoy just pretty much everything I've deeply interested in ideals. That's why I'm doing, you know, why I'm doing this. I'm interested in getting people on here, just talking to myself, you know, whatever it takes. I figure even if this isn't successful, when I'm 50, I can look back at this and laugh at 22-year-old me for being stupid. Um, currently, I'm a math major at UofL. Finish that up in December. That'll be nice to, to get, get it over with. Uh, I do a couple other things. I do a little bit of writing, a little bit of this and that. You know, just trying to not starve to death. But, yeah, so pretty much it's just trying to trying to find a way to express ideals and express who I am and in a way that I can look back on in the future as well as maybe help grow if I can find people who want to come on here if you all have any suggestions feel free to feel free to let me know you can just drop them in the comments you know if everybody likes someone upvote the comment I guess that's how it works but pretty much you're just going to be sitting here listening to me ramble about the stupid things I enjoy in life and expressing my shit opinions that nobody really seems to care about but you know, this should be a pretty enjoyable experience, and I hope everybody everybody kind of comes and laughs at me when I'm stupid, and maybe every now and again you get to think about something. Uh, personally, I want to end each, um, each episode with a question of the day. I know it's kind of a lame thing, but I'm, I'm genuinely interested in what you all say, and uh, I'm genuinely interested in any constructive criticism, so feel free to leave that in the comments, but... You know, this is just a short, who, who am I? And so, question of the day today is, would you rather have a spaceship or a dragon? Let me know down below. suicide rate are incredibly high 
What's interesting about that, though, is that if you look at attempts, they're roughly even women maybe an inch guys out. It's just that what guys would consider a suicide, girls would consider a suicide. So girls are much more likely to try something like poison themselves with bleach, whereas guys are much more likely to try to shoot themselves. Which are different, different in scope and how well they work. But uh, that seems to be a pretty overlooked topic that we, we seem to be dealing with suicide every day in society. It's pretty, pretty annoying to me that we, we talk about depression a lot, but we don't talk about the side effects of depression. And because of that, I think that the end game gets overlooked, and what we can do to avoid that gets overlooked. And I can't really, I can say things that work generally for me about what works for a female point of view, because, um, but moving forward from that, every time, well, let me categorize this first, I have definitely had depression before, it's pretty well known thing, if you, if you found any of my friends and talked to them, a couple of them are on, they, they would definitely tell you I've been depressed before, and they've seen the effects of that, and at this point in my life, I feel like I'm fairly well over it, but, there's steps you have to take before you can begin to get over it, and there's also different ways to do that. So obviously, if you have depression, you should probably go to a therapist. I'm just gonna throw that out there. I know from personal experience, though, that most guys don't go to a therapist because they feel like it infringes upon who they are as a man, and because of that, you see a, a lot more. I'm going to say, un quote unquote, untreated depression. So, I would definitely suggest that. Um, if you feel like, or if you talk to a friend and they say, no, that's just not an option. You know, I always go to the next step, which is just what your diet and what your exercise like. Because if you have a shit diet, you aren't working out, you see the sun maybe an hour a day, you oversleep, you're, you're going to stay depressed. The number one step to changing anything is deciding to change. But I don't think that's a that's a hard concept for people, but it's hard to put into action. I think that's going to be a major overarching theme here is that most of these things aren't hard to grasp, but they are hard to put into action. So, what I would suggest anytime you have a friend who does that, or anytime you feel bad, go to the gym. What, what fundamentally happens when you go to the gym is that you want to work off anxiety because you're burning through energy that your body has stored up that as a biological ticker for you when you have that much when you're storing up energy you're expecting something or want so one burn off that anxiety two your body releases endorphins so Endorphins are what And so without those, you're just going to feel like shit constantly. So, you know, just 30 minutes, 45 minutes, whatever it takes. Personally, I get up, go first thing in the morning, and I feel better all day. Uh, that's, that's hard for a lot of people, but everything that's worth doing is hard. I think that's one of the major things in life. 
that's going to be one of the things that I say probably a lot on this podcast. But so you want to get up, you want to you want to get at least one workout a day in. You want to be active. Once you start doing that, start interacting with people. Most people with depression hate interacting with people. I still don't like interacting with people that much. But I get up and I force myself to do it every single day. Because when you force yourself to do it, force yourself to grow as a person. And without growth, you can't reach heights that you haven't been to. So without growth, you just stay depressed instead of not living. But moving on from that, after that, I look at diet. So if you're, you know, eating a shit diet, just four pizzas a day, three days a week, and then you eat not eat for 36 hours, because just forget to, that's not going to work. Your body's not going to deal with that. It's going to stay So what happens when you eat like that is your blood sugar levels never really get a chance to stabilize correctly, which causes more anxiety on your body because it doesn't know when its next food source is coming, how much it's going to get, how it's supposed to process it, so it just freaks out. So what you, once you start exercising, you really want to get on a, not a strict diet in the normal sense of, oh, well, I only eat, you know, this, 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 this at this time of day, but just, I eat, you know, this many calories, I eat in this window, I personally eat on a 12-hour window, which has been shown to have a lot of a lot of really good effects as far as lowering A1Cs, which are diabetic uh, markers, and lowering brain inflammation, which has a lot of a lot of issues. And so once you start doing that, you start exercising, you'll start feeling better as long as you actually stick to it. So one of the main things that you see from people is that they have no problem starting it once or twice and then they'll quit you know every every new year's you know first week at the gym is terrible because there's 950 and so the main main thing you gotta realize is that if you can you can do it for a month you can do it for a life and I think that's really important for people because we rely on momentum so much human beings are creatures of habit regardless of what anyone tries to tell us it's why we're able to do what we're able to when we get up and realize we're fine. That's why whenever you hate going to work, you still get up and go to work because that's your routine. That's what you're used to. So by building those habits that are good for you, you're going to start to feel better. That's a pretty common thing. And so I think that once you get those two things under control, most of your other things are going to fall into line. Um, the third big one that you really have to focus on is getting your sleep schedule right. And I know people will say, oh, well, I always sleep until noon and get and I stay go to bed at like 2 or 3 in the morning and see I'm getting my recommended hours of sleep. But that's not good for your brain because the way the way your brain works, you, your serotonin is released based upon the amount of daylight you get. Right, so that's a ticker that tells you that's the ticker that tells you when to go to bed. That's the ticker that tells you where you are in the dominance hierarchy in the world. And that's the ticker that kind of regulates how happy you are. You know, but over long-term happiness, that is. Endorphins are for the short-term, and serotonin is a long-term thing. 
So if you aren't seeing the sun, you're going to think that you're in a lower dominate, a lower position on the dominance hierarchy, which is going to mean that your brain is not going to produce as many chemicals to make you happy, and your brain is going to slowly degrade into thinking that you can't do what you can do, and your anxiety levels are going to go up, because every little bit of trauma in your life is going to feel as though the world is ending. And so, once you, once you start to sleep right, you get the sunlight right now, you'll start to notice that you feel better. It's like, I know that seems silly to think that, oh, well, if I just get my eight hours of sleep and my parents tell me to, I'll probably feel better. And I'm not claiming that they, you know, I'm not claiming that your parents knew how serotonin works in your brain, your dominant hierarchy, anything like that, but I think that there's a lot to be said for the cumulative lifespan of the, you know, like six, seven, eight thousand years of recorded human history. Who knows how much after that? Over that amount of time, trial and error do make things happen. have those three things laid out, you will start to feel better, and you'll start to become, I don't want to say, you'll start to become almost, you'll start to feel like a normal person, that's a better way to say that. And so the important thing from there is finding purpose, because you can chase happiness all you want, but you will only get it for a moment. Whereas if you chase purpose, you can have it for a lifetime. So, with, with what you want to do in life, you just sit there. Think about what you've always dreamed about as a kid. You know, what you dream about now, who you want to be. doesn't matter if you're 6, 12, 20, 60. There's something in your life you want to do. doesn't matter how stupid you think it is. I personally want to be in space. That's a stupid dream. Probably not gonna happen. But I wake up every day and work towards it. And so, write that down. And then once you write it down, write down how you can step towards it. And it doesn't have to be, you know, oh, well, I need to get into MIT and I need to graduate in a year and a half and look like the biggest baller that's ever lived because that's an unrealistic goal. No. I mean, I'm sure somebody out there is gonna gonna do it, and they'll probably pop up in the comments, but <laughs> look at me, you idiot. But that would be funny, so I hope it happens. But start with the big one and just slowly work your way down until you get to something that you can do that will step you to the next goal for a longer time. And whenever you're making your own list, you're starting with the first step. Never underestimate how much something you can do. But get up and clean your room. I realize that's a more as a bit of a controversial statement due to the nature of the person. It's still a strong statement. Now, anyone who's ever walked into a 13, 14 year old's room, I say it's a mess. And you start to develop anxiety. That's probably why 13 and 14 
listen to this and make a good stuff out of it too, that's fine. But, but moving forward, you know, just start at the bottom. There is no shame in this world starting at the bottom of anything. The only people who make money from that are people who are not. Who gives a fuck what they make? I would rather get made fun of by people who have stayed in the same dominance position and are not moving forward in life and are going to accomplish and slowly work myself up to become a better person than I will sit here wasting money for the rest of my life. Not worth it. So some of the some of the things that I do to make a step towards that are I get up every morning, go to the gym, right? Don't even eat first because stupid. Well, that's not true. That's got a lot of health benefits, theoretically, but not getting into that today. Maybe at another time. And so after that, we come back. And I sit down and I write down what I want to do with it. Once I figure out what I want to do in the day, start working towards it normally, you know, it's sit down, write, I personally, I've got a startup, so I write down, what do I need to do for the startup, I work on it, because part of, I think, gaining purpose and connecting to the empire as a human is to aim to drag others up with and so that's kind of part of what I do as a person. I want to help lower income students, you know, get into STEM fields because we're moving into a world where the most important second education or second language you can get is a coding language. Without that, you're going to be kind of high and dry in 50 years. I mean, just look at the amount of advancements we've made in the last 50 years in computers. Right now, the, the phone in your pocket, regardless of what it is, has more power than the computers used to by massive decisions. So I think, I think that realizing that we're making those kind of steps as a civilization will, it'll cause one of two reactions. You'll either look at it in awe and say, how in the world can I keep up with this? I can't help them figure it out. Or you look at it in terror and say, I can't keep up with this. Please let me. And obviously, the second reaction is the wrong reaction. Part of growing as a human being, part of becoming an adult, is looking at challenges, smiling and facing a wall and saying, I'm going to do this, you know, regardless of what anyone thinks. So, that's just kind of what I think about, you know, moving forward in human societies that we're going to feel left behind in a few years. The teachers now that, you know, everyone makes fun of, oh, you can't, full screen video and then well, when we get to we'll you know, know all about technology. No, you're not. Okay, technology increases exponentially. The the rate at which it increases is exponential. So by the time we're in a position of power, the things that we knew as children will be so outdated. 
updated now. Yeah. Walk in with a Sega to any GameStop. They'll give you like 20 bucks for it. So it's not worth it. Right? You'd rather keep it and just have it installed. And I think that that's something that kind of holds us back, actually, is that if we look at what life has been up to this point and get nostalgic about it, we say, well, who I was as a kid was pretty fun. I'd love to stay like that. That's wrong. You don't want to stay as you were as a kid. Because you were all potential. You couldn't actually do anything. Right? So that's why it felt good. Because you could do anything. But you actually couldn't without the work. And so you have to learn to actualize your potential by creating purpose and starting to go through the steps that allow you to lead a more effective and purposeful life. And even if you don't have depression or something like that, and bring it back around, you can take those steps. You'll feel less melancholy in life. You'll start to develop more purpose. You'll start to become more efficient. Because one of the most important things you can do in this life is to become more efficient with your time. So, we all know, we have 24 hours in a day. How many songs there that countdown? That's but once you once you look at somebody like Jeff Bezos, the, the Amazon CEO, and look at how much he works, other CEOs working a hundred hours a week, and you go, oh well, so if I work hundred hours a week, I can get the exact what they're doing. No, you couldn't because they have been doing it for so long. They've been so ungodly efficient at it. That a hundred hours will be done with The sheer amount of volume of just purposefully stepping in and doing the best they can every day, and ele it elevates each day how much good you can do in your life. How slowly what you are is incomprehensibly better than what you are. And so, I think that's another problem that we tell people. We tell teenagers. God, telling teenagers that you're perfect the way you are is the worst thing you could ever tell them. So why the hell would you want to be what you are when you're, si when you're 16? When you're 16? Why would you not want to grow that 44-year period? That's, it's, it's idiotic to me. And then, you add on top of that, as someone with depression, and then you walk in and say, oh, well, you're perfect the way you are. To me, that always translated to Life doesn't get better than this. If I am perfect the way I am, this is the peak of life. And I want to kill myself every day, so like, where's the point of going on? And it's kind of the way that positive messages can turn into nihilistic messages really fast. Just because there's no purpose behind things without scrubbing. So, that's, that's a pretty common theme with Philip's book. That's why we have the hero's journey, that's why we have the archetypes. Without struggle, there is no purpose. Without purpose, there is no life. So you could say life is struggle. In a way that's actually more encouraging, because without the struggle, what would be the point? It, that's why people don't go on vacation for years at a time, they sit on a beach and go, I wonder what my dog's doing. And I kind of need to get back.
back, start working, and then it's like, oh, well, now I was defeated. No, you're nostalgic about defeat because you thought that, you know, when you're there, you think that it's not as good as you you're gone. You think that it was, oh, it's amazing time, I don't think you found anything to worry about. You get there and not have to worry about wishing you to worry about, but more because that's what your brain needs. I'm done. So, So moving forward from there, you know, I think it's very important to look at each choice in our life with uh, a very large amount of gratitude on it. Because every time you struggle, you strengthen the purpose within you. You start to step forward and become even better as you are as a person. So bringing that back around to teenagers, you know, going through puberty fucking sucks. Like, it's a struggle. Your brain's constantly changing, your hormones are wild. You're at that point where you're almost an adult, so you feel like you should be able to make decisions, but when you're 25, you're a back adult, thank God that you let me make those decisions. Yeah, because, well, number one, your brain's not good, first of all. It doesn't get stronger until about 25. That's, uh, yeah, that, that leads into a lot of decisions that I have personally about what you should and shouldn't do. But, you know, once you, once you realize these things, you apply it to being a teenager. So, you're perfectly where you are. Now, you can do those three steps that we, we listed at the beginning. You know, just exercise, eat right, wake up on time, and you're going to get better. You know, within a month. Don't do anything. But once you tell them, oh, you're perfect the way you are, well, there's no need for those to accept you. You're perfect. You can't get better, so why would they do something to get better? That's wrong. Like, you don't want to, you don't want to push those images on to teenagers. So I think that we should really be telling teenagers something more along the lines of, you are, you should accept yourself for what you are. But you should also see yourself for what you could be. And so, with that, you know, comes the ideal that, you know, over the next 50 years, you could change the fucking world. You think that, you know, Einstein at 14 knew how to write the theory of relativity? You think that Tesla at 7 knew exactly how he was going to make the electric motor? These are things that people didn't know until they put in the effort to figure them out. Read about it in anyone's life in history that's worth reading about. And you'll find more struggle than profit. And so, once the, the, main, the main dividing factor there is that they have purpose. And so that's really, that's the, the main hero's archetype to me. Has to be a good purpose, obviously. Like we don't, we don't read books about people who are just trying to commit genocide. That would be wrong. We read books about people who are trying to grow up and save people, who have noble ideals about how to help. Right? Heroes aren't allowed to be selfish. Kind of a kind of a pretty general thing. And so they have that purpose of I'm going to accomplish this goal. They do, they start dragging people into it. And they begin to 
simply by cheating. So, I think that's it's something we tell teenagers. We tell them, yeah, you can change the world. But we don't tell them how. We don't tell them why they should. It's like, well, they should be able to figure out why they should. But sure, maybe. They have some compassion for that. But if they're not passionate, not slumped, Purpose is the thing that buttresses you against trauma. It's the thing that lets you figure out in life how to get through moments that would otherwise be wilderness. So, moving forward, you've got to learn how to make those those connections. So I think that you know, I, I think that every person should wake up every day. Do those three things. Figure out what they want to do. If it takes you a week, a month, I don't care. Figure it out. And start working quickly. But, you know, those are, those are just my bit of things. No one seems to care about this I guess that I'm going to wrap it up here. It's looking like we're just going to have about a half hour podcast. Um, it'll probably be longer when we have other people on. Uh, it might get longer as we go on, I get more used to this format, but I'm going to call it here for today. Um, question of the day, I guess, will be, what are your goals? What is your main purpose in life? And what steps are you taking to get closer? Uh, look forward to your guys' answers. See you next week. We're gonna we're gonna release every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Um, if you want more, let me know. Um, I can definitely, especially if I can do that, I can do more than one week. I'm just trying to kind of ease my way through this. So thanks for listening, guys. See you later. Personally, I would rather have a spaceship where I can just simply because I like it. I don't want to get back out of here. There you go, there's my answer. I look forward to seeing you guys. So, today, I want to talk about the, uh, the impact that society has on young men. definitely still something that I feel is impacted, just because, growing up you're always told, hey, don't cry, don't express emotion, don't do this or that, and you know, it's all kind of bullshit, because everybody does cry at some point, it doesn't 
um, the the way that translates is that men feel like they have emotion because they're not men. So what you see from that is that men's suicide rates are incredibly high. What's interesting about that though is that if you look at attempts, they're roughly even women, maybe men check out. It's just that what guys would consider a suicide Obviously, if you have depression, you should probably go to a therapist. I'm just going to throw that out there. I know from personal experience, though, that most guys don't go to a therapist because they feel like it infringes upon who they are as a man. And because of that, you see a, a lot more, I'm going to say, quote-unquote, untreated depression. So, I would definitely suggest that. Um, if you feel like, or if you talk to a friend and they say, no, that's just not an option, you know, I always go to the next step, which is just what your diet and what your exercise like. Because if you have a shit diet, you aren't working out, you see the sun maybe an hour a day, you oversleep, you're, you're going to stay depressed. The, the number one step to changing anything is deciding to change. But I don't think that's a a hard concept for people, but it's hard to put into action. I think that's going to be a major overarching theme here is that most of these things aren't hard to grasp, but they are hard to put into action. So, what I would suggest, anytime you have a friend who does that, or anytime you feel that, go to the gym. What, what fundamentally happens when you go to the gym is that one, work off anxiety, because burning through energy that your body has stored up that has a biological ticker for you when you have that much when you're storing up energy you're expecting something so one burn off that anxiety two body releases endorphins so you feel better like endorphins are what and so without those you're just gonna feel like shit constantly 
so you know just 30 minutes 45 minutes whatever it takes personally I get up the first thing in the morning and I feel better all day uh, that's that's hard for a lot of people but everything that's worth doing is hard I think that's one of the major things in life and that's going to be one of the things that I say probably a lot on this podcast but so you want to get up you want to you want to get at least one workout a day in. you want to be active once you start doing that start interacting with people so most people with depression hate interacting I still don't like interacting with people that much but I get up and I force myself to do it every single day because when you force yourself to do it yourself to grow as a person and without growth you can't reach heights that you have to get to so without growth you just stay depressed so not worth it but moving on from that after that I look at diet so if you're you know eating a shit diet just four pizzas a day three days a week and then you eat not eat for 36 hours because you just forget to that's not going to work your body's not So what happens when you eat like that is your blood sugar levels never really get a chance to stabilize correctly, which causes more anxiety on your body because it doesn't know when its next food source is coming, how much it's going to get, how it's supposed to process it. So it just freaks out. So what you so once you start exercising, you really want to get on a not a strict diet in the normal sense of oh well I this, 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 at this time of day, but just, I eat, you know, this many calories, I eat in this window, I personally eat on a 12-hour window, which has been shown to have a lot of, a lot of really good effects as far as lowering A1Cs, which are diabetic uh, markers, and lowering brain inflammation, which has a lot of, a lot of issues, and so once you start doing that, you start exercising, you'll start feeling better as long as you actually stick to it. So, one of the main things that you see from people is that they have no problem starting it once or twice and then they'll quit. You know, every every New Year's, you know, first week at the gym is terrible because there's 950 And so, the main main thing you gotta realize is that if you can, you can do it for a month. That's really important for people because we rely on momentum so much. Human beings are creatures of habit regardless of what anyone tries to tell us. It's why we're able to do what we're able to do when we get up and live the lives we want. That's why whenever you hate going to work, you still get up and go to work because that's your routine. That's what you're used to. So by building those habits that are good for you, you're going to start to feel better. So I think, I think that once you get those two things under control, most of your other things are going to fall into line. Um, the third big one that you really have to focus on is getting your sleep schedule right. And I know people will say, oh, well, I always sleep until noon and get night stay go to bed at like 2 or 3 in the morning. And see, I'm getting my recommended hour of sleep. But that's not good for your brain because the way, the way your brain works serotonin is released based upon the amount of daylight you get. 
right, so that's a ticker that tells you, that's the ticker that tells you when to go to bed, that's the ticker that tells you where you are in the dominance hierarchy in the world, and that's the ticker that kind of regulates how happy you are, you know, over long-term happiness, that is, endorphins are for the short-term, serotonin is all so if you aren't seeing the sun, you're going to think that you're in a lower dominate, a lower position on the dominance hierarchy, which is going to mean that your brain is not going to produce as many chemicals to make you happy, and your brain is going to slowly degrade into thinking that you can't do what you can do, and your anxiety levels are going to go up because every little bit of trauma in your life is going to as though the world is ending. And so, once you, once you start to sleep right, get the sunlight back out, you'll start to notice that you feel better. It's like, I know that seems silly to think that, oh, well, if I just get my eight hours of sleep and my parents tell me to, I'll probably feel better. And I'm not claiming that they, you know, I'm not claiming that your parents knew how serotonin works in your brain, your dominant hierarchies, or anything like that, but I think there's a lot to be said for the cumulative wisdom of the, you know, like, six, seven, eight thousand years of recorded human history. Who knows how much after that. Over that amount of time, trial and error do make things happen. So, once you have those three things laid out, you will start to feel better, and you'll start to become, I don't want to say, you'll start to become almost, you'll start to feel like a normal person, that's a better way to say that. And so, the important thing from there is finding purpose. Because you can chase happiness all you want, but you will only get it for a moment. Whereas if you chase purpose, you can have it for a lifetime. And so, with, with what you want to do in life, you just sit there. Think about what you've always dreamed about as a kid. And what you dream about now, who you want to be. doesn't matter if you're 6, 12, 20, 60. There's something in your life you want to do. doesn't matter how stupid you think it is. I personally want to move to space. That's a stupid dream. It's probably not going to happen. But I wake up every day and work towards it. And so, write that down. And then once you write it down, write down how you can step towards it. And it doesn't have to be, you know, oh, well, I need to get into MIT, and I need to graduate in a year and a half, and look like the biggest baller that's ever lived, because that's an unrealistic goal. I mean, I'm sure somebody out there is gonna gonna do it, and they'll probably pop up in the comments, be like, "Look at me, you idiot!" But that would be funny. So I hope it happens. So start with the big and just slowly work your way down until you get to something that you can do that will step you to the next goal along your path. And whenever you're making a hit list, you're starting. Underestimate how much something you can do. But get up and clean your room. 
probably why 13 dwarf worlds are so hard to splatter so into a So, they could listen to this and make a huge stuff out of it, but that's fine. But, but moving forward, you know, just start at the bottom. There is no shame in this world in starting at the bottom. I hate that. The only people who make fun of that are people who are not. Gives them fun of what I would rather get made fun of by people who have stayed in the same dominance position and not moved forward in life and are going to come and slowly work myself up to become a better person than I would sit here even eat first because I don't know I'm stupid well that's not true that's got a lot of health benefits theoretically but not getting into that today maybe at another time and so after that we come back and I sit down and I write down what I want to do with it so I figure out what I want to do in the day and start working towards it. Normally, you know, it's sit down, write. I personally, I've got a startup, so I write down what do I need to do for the startup. I work on it because part of, I think, being purpose and connecting to aim higher as a human is to aim to drag others up with so that's kind of part of what I do as a person. Is I want to help lower companies, you know, get into STEM fields because we're moving into a world where the most important second education, second language you can get, is a coding language. Without that, you're gonna be kind of high and dry in 50 years. I mean, just look at the amount of advancements we've made in the last 50 years. Right now, the, the phone in your pocket, regardless of what it is, has more power than the computers used to by massive decisions. So I think I think that realizing that we're making those kind of steps as a civilization will it'll cause one of two reactions. You'll either look at it in awe and say, "How in the world can I keep up with this? I can't." Obviously, the second reaction is the wrong reaction. Part of growing as a human being, part of becoming an adult, is looking at challenges, smiling and facing a wall, and saying, I'm going to do this, you know, regardless of what anyone thinks. So, that's just kind of what I think about you know, moving forward in human society is that we're going to feel left behind in 20 years. The teachers now that Everyone makes fun of, oh, you can't you know, full screen the YouTube video. And then, well, when we get to be, we'll know all about technology. They're gonna, okay, technology increases exponentially. The, the rate at which it increases reflects exponentially. So by the time we're in a position of power, the things that we knew as children will be 
updated it now. Yeah, walk in with a Sega to any GameStop. They'll give you like 20 bucks for it. It's not worth it. Right? You'd rather keep it and tap in the south. And I think that that's something that kind of holds us back, actually, just that if we look at what life has been up to this point, get nostalgic about it, and say, well, who I was as a kid was pretty fun. I'd love to stay like that. That's wrong. You don't want to stay as you were as a kid. Because you were all potential. You couldn't actually do anything. Right? So that's why it felt good. Because you could do anything. But you actually couldn't without the work. And so you have to learn to actualize your potential by creating purpose and starting to go through the steps that allow you to lead a more effective and purposeful life. And even if you don't have depression or something like that, and bring it back around, you can take those steps. You'll feel less melancholy in your life. You'll start to develop more purpose. You'll start to become more efficient. Because one of the most important things you can do in this life is to become more efficient with your time. So, we all know, you know 24 hours in a day. How many songs there are out there? That's pretty fucking phenomenal. But once you once you look at somebody like Jeff Bezos, the, the Amazon CEO, and look at how much he works, other CEOs with positions of power working a hundred hours a week, and you go, oh well, so if I work a hundred hours a week, I can get do exactly what they're doing. No. stepping in and doing the best they can every day and ele it elevates each thing how much good you can do in your life how slowly what you are is incomprehensibly better than what you are and so I think that's another problem that we tell people we tell especially teenagers God telling teenagers that you're perfect the way you are is the worst thing you can ever tell them why the hell would you want to be what you are when you're, si when you're 16? When you're 16? Why would you not want to grow that 44-year period? That's, it's, it's idiotic to me. And then, you add on top of that, as someone with depression, and then you walk in and say, oh, well, you're perfect the way you are. To me, that always translated to life doesn't get better because of me. If I am perfect the way I am, this is the peak of life. I want to kill myself every day, so what, where's the point going on? And it's kind of the way that positive messages can turn into nihilistic messages really fast. Just because there's no purpose behind what is God's purpose. So, that's, that's a pretty common theme with Tolkien. That's why we have the hero's journey, that's why we have the architecture. Without struggle, there is no purpose. Without purpose, there is no life. So you could say life is struggle. In a way that's actually more encouraging, because without the struggle, what more would be the point? You could, well, that's why people don't go on vacation for years at a time. They sit on a beach and go, huh, I wonder what my dog's doing. And I kind of need a beach. I need some 
get back, start working, and then it's like, oh, well, now I have some feet. It's like, no, you're nostalgic about feet, because you thought that, you know, when you're there, you think that it's not as good as you you're gone. You think that it was, oh, this amazing time, I don't think you've done anything to worry about it. You get there, and not have to worry about it. So moving forward from there, you know, I think it's very important to look at each direction of life with uh, a very large amount of gratitude on it. Because every time you struggle, you strengthen the purpose within you. You start to step forward and become even better as you are as a person. So bringing that back around to teenagers, you know, going through puberty fucking sucks. Like, it's a struggle. Your brain's constantly changing, your hormones are wild. You're at that point where you're almost an adult, so you feel like you should be able to make decisions, but when you're 25, you're held back to make God and let you make those decisions. Yeah, because, well, number one, your brain's not good. First of all, it doesn't mean you should only until about 25. That's, uh, yeah, that, that leads into a lot of decisions that I have personally about what you should and shouldn't but you know once you once you realize these things you apply it to being a teenager so you're perfect the way you are no you can do those three steps that we, we listed at the beginning you know just exercise eat right wake up on time and you're going to get better you know looking up on don't do anything Especially to but once you tell them, oh, you're perfect the way you are, well, there's no need for those three steps because you're perfect. You can't get better, so why would they do something to get better? That's wrong. Like, you don't want to, you don't want to push those images onto teenagers. So I think that we should really be telling teenagers something more along the lines of, you are, you should accept yourself for what you are. Should also see yourself for what you could be. And so, with that, you know, comes the ideal that, you know, over the next 50 years, you could change the fucking world. You think that, you know, Einstein at 14 knew how to write the theory of relativity? You think that Tesla at 7 knew exactly how he was going to make the electric motor? These are things that people didn't know until they put in the effort to figure them out. Read about it anyone's life in history that's worth reading about. And you'll find more struggle than talk. And so, once the, the main the main dividing factor there is that they have purpose. And so that's really that's the, the main hero's archetype to me. Has to be a good purpose, obviously. Like we don't, we don't read books about people who are just trying to commit genocide. That would be wrong. We read books about people who are trying to grow up and save people, who have noble ideals about how to help. Right? Heroes aren't allowed to be selfish. Kind of a kind of a pretty general thing. And so they have that purpose of I'm going to accomplish this goal. Once they do, they start dragging people into it. And they begin 
will begin to change the world simply by changing themselves. And I think that's it's something we tell teenagers. We tell them, yeah, you can change the world. But we don't tell them how. We don't tell them why they should. It's like, well, they should be able to figure out why they should. Like, sure, maybe. They have something they're passionate about. But if they're not passionate, they're not suffering. trauma is life-making. Because purpose is the thing that buttresses you against trauma. It's the thing that lets you figure out in your life how to get through moments that would otherwise bewilder you. So, moving forward, you've got to learn how to make those, those connections. So, I think that you know, I, I think that every person should wake up every day, do those three things, figure out what they want to get to. If it takes you a week, a month, I don't care. Figure it out. And start working towards it. But, you know, those are, those are just my bit of things. No one seems to care about this I guess that I'm going to wrap it up here. It's looking like we're just going to have about a half hour podcast. Um, it'll probably be longer when we have other people on. Uh, it might get longer as we go along and I get more used to this format. But I'm going to call it here for today. Um, question of the day, I guess, will be what are your goals? What is your main purpose in life? And what steps are you Next week we're gonna we're gonna release every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Uh, if you want more, let me know. Um, I can definitely, especially like that, I have more I can do more than one week. I'm just trying to kind of keep going with this. So thanks for listening, guys. See you later.